Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hello, and welcome to the Happy Mary Whatever colon multi edition episode, aka our holiday Christmas episode. And hi, Patrick. How's it going? Good, Jeff. How are you? I'm great. Um, yeah, it's it's Christmas week. It is time that we are getting down to the wire, and you know, this time next year we will be over that and working on on finishing wrapping up the year. Yep. So, yeah, man, we're we're about down to the wire. So, um. Believe we've got everything done. <laughs> as far as we're just at the, I think at this point we're just down to like logistics of when and what, and yeah. who's going to be where at what time at what thing. So, yeah. <clears throat> so Saturday, Grayson uh, had her first performance since returning back to dance at her new studio. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> She was great. I mean, she was great. It was fine. Um, but I think we had gotten spoiled by our previous studio because we just like they would be at either the performance would actually be on the stage, like either as school or you know, or just a stage, and would be able to you know just like you normally would. Um, this one was actually at the studio. There were no risers or anything um, for the dancers to come on. Um, there were no like, I guess you could say like bleacher seats mm-hmm. for parents to watch. So it's all level. It's just chairs. There's like four rows deep, and you know we're foolish and go all the way. Well, I mean we get there, get in the studio kind of late to watch, and so we're in the back and can't see a thing. <laughs> I see the back of the lady's head in front of me. I see her phone whenever she lifts it up to record. Mind you, it's all being live streamed and recorded. And then, and uh, so I see the lady's head in front of me. I see her phone when she lifts it up and pointing to the ground. She didn't even point it where the dancers are. So it's even funnier. Um, and then when she never she gets up to watch. So, and I don't want to get up and do the same thing right. because then the people behind me can't see. So it was fine though. I mean, we could watch it later, but it we had just gotten I think spoiled it our other uh place so but she had a blast and that's really in the end all that matters so um but yeah no uh she had i mean that's about it and then uh yeah york's having a you know both of them i think all at this point everybody's on on holiday break so uh there's a lot of video gaming in this house (laughs) so which is great. So, uh, and Lego building, a lot of Lego building too. So it's pretty cool. So it's good to see everybody just chilling after uh, that first semester back in school for us, at least. Getting that time to decompress from everything. Yes. Yeah. I'm here. 
just trying to get through this last week, and then I'll be off a week. So nice. Time's been going pretty slow. You're right. <laughs> Tell me about it. Saturday yeah. dragged forever for me, but yeah, it it kind of has been. Yeah. And then I think I pretty much got Christmas wrapped up. I just got to literally wrap up the gifts. <laughs> yeah. All's left. And okay. um, pretty much it. Like, not much. Just getting ready. Getting ready for the actual Christmas Day and figure out what we're going to do for that week. Because, you know, I'll be the starters. You know, everybody's out two weeks, winter vacation and everything. So I'll be off for the second week that my daughter's out and then. Figure out what we're going to do. Okay. Uh, Yorick and his mom are going back home to Springfield for the week. So, Missouri. So, yeah. Uh, day after Christmas. So, they'll be gone a week also. I think a week. That sounds about right. Um, so, yeah. So, it'll just be three of us here otherwise. So, But it'll be good because my mom and my grandmother will you know, get a chance to see them too right. uh, while they're down. So, that'll be nice. That would be nice. Um, yeah, uh, other than that, I mean, we're just plugging along here, man. Um, Grayson's almost got her aerial. Her, so for those that aren't knowledgeable on dance, kind of like me, basically an aerial is a cartwheel without hands. So whenever you see people do a cartwheel without hands, where they mm-hmm. just kind of, yeah, flip around. Sideways, I guess is a good way to put it. A sideways flip. <laughs> it's kind of the best way to to kind of describe it. Um, that uh, you know, that's what they call an aerial. So Grayson's just—I mean, she is so close. She she makes it all the way through, except right before she lands. Her she puts her hand she puts her hands down. Mm. I'm like, dude, you've already made it through the hardest part. You just kept telling you to just as a dude, just keep your hands up. Like I'll, I was like, listen, I still got handcuffs. <laughs> it's just like I'll you handcuff your hands if you want. No, I said the key. I said no, it's cool. I, I know where they're at. The key might still work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we could tape them. No, I said all right. So I guess me trying to bribe her twenty dollars instead is kind of what's driving her to try and get it. I was like, dude, I'll give you twenty dollars to keep your hands <laughs> I said, just put your hand like the best thing to do, take your hands, hold the bottom of your shirt. Yeah. So when you do it, you can't, you know, but you have to keep holding your shirt the entire time. Cause she started out that way and then she like go and I'm like, well that didn't <laughs> You're not you're not helping yourself, sister. Yeah. In time. Yeah. But yeah, she'll get and but yeah, she's like seven and already almost got an area. I mean, she's pretty far ahead, so I'm I'm proud of her. She's doing great, and I'm glad that she's back wanting to dance and do all that. So, yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into TV, my friend. Um, so, Hawkeye episode five. We were left with the cliffhanger. If you are caught up, you will know that. Uh, Yelena Belova has made her appearance into Hawkeye. Yes. And we started getting some history or some backstory, I guess, as to how she basically how she went from the Black Widow movie to winding up in here. 
in Hawkeye right. and not knowing what's going on because, you know, the snap, a.k.a. Yeah. the blip. So, the blip. yeah, jury still out on what on who hired her, <clears throat> I think. I think there's a couple different reasons or a couple of different people that have hired her, but she's trying to get Hawkeye, but we don't know why. She doesn't know where Natasha is Mm -hmm. because the blip. And so it's about her trying to get answers. So she's working with the Hawkeyes, Hawkeyes with Clinton and Kate. Yeah. Uh, Team Hawkeye, I guess we can go. Partnership. We're not partners. Team Bird. Here we go. <laughs> and so the uh, not as not a whole lot of action goes on in this episode. It's more story, which is great. Yeah. That because I'm always down for story. Yeah. But you, it's building towards you know the big denouement. You know, for episode six and. Once again, left with another cliffhanger because Yelena found, you know, I guess, sends a photo of the person that turns out to be uh, Kate's mom. I guess did hire. I guess that's who hired her was Kate's mom. Yeah. And you find out Kate's mom has more nefarious. uh, Is more nefarious. We knew the dad or was the guy she was dating. Yeah. You know, it was pretty sketchy. But now find out Kate's mom probably isn't as wholesome as we think she is. Right. And the uh, the big bad, I guess you could say, making a reappearance into the MCU is, uh, yeah, dun, 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 you know, moment. It then credits. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll so. see, see how all this ties up this week. Yes. Which is supposedly 59 minutes long, which they said that before and ended up being much less. Yes. So take all that with a grain of salt. <clears throat> so it's 52 minutes long because it's six minutes of credits. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe this one will have a post credit something. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. So far it, it hasn't to, been. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> what do you think it would be for, though? Because Doctor yeah. Strange is the next one coming out. I don't know. At least theatrically. Yeah. And I don't think they're. I think they're done with. Was it She-Hulk? Maybe. I or I know. No, or Moon Knight. I can't. I don't know which one's coming out first. Yeah. Not sure. I mean, they've got a couple other shows that they've teased, but they haven't really. So no, could be for anything really. Could or it could just be like a compilation of what's to come. Could be. I'm thinking Moon Knight because they've at least wrapped on that one. Yeah. And they may have just wrapped on She-Hulk, but Moon Knight's, I think, closer to coming out than uh, She-Hulk is. So yeah. my my money's going to probably be, <clears throat> it's going to somehow tie into Moon Knight because New York. So I guess they're all technically in New York. Yeah. Made it easy that way. True. So, yes, Hawkeye, I'd still, still wish it was like at least 10 episodes. Same. Uh, this six nonsense. Sucks. Maybe if they, maybe if they hadn't start off with the two, you know. Yeah. Still have, but I think they did that just so certain things would kind of line up. Yeah, I think so too. I agree. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, I just started watching the second season of Stargirl, which is on the CW or HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love, you know, like I really enjoyed the first season trying to build up a JSA, but like a teen GSA, JSA. And I like how this season started now. It just started, I think, episode three. Yeah. And yeah, they've entered already. They've introduced a green, a green lantern into this. So it'd be the first green lantern that's appeared on a TV series. That's not animated, obviously. Um, right. So that's cool. I've been waiting for that. And um, and Shade. the uh, So that's Shade's pretty cool. So illusions and all that magic, whatnot. So should be interesting. Uh, I think I saw there's like 10 or 12 episodes on this one. So cool beans. The, what's killing me, though, is that it's listed as Stargirl. Stargirl. Summer school and then chapter whatever. Mm-hmm. So technically, it's supposed to be taking place one would think, at least in May at the very least, May right. possibly June. But everybody's still in pants or jeans, shirts and coats. I'm like, who's wearing this in May or June? I'm like, I don't care what part of the what part of the country you're living in. You're not wearing that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, is this? Summer school, right? Not winter break, because <clears throat> y'all bundled up like it's <laughs> like I don't know. I've never understood that with TV, but I know they do that a lot. Where it's supposed, yeah. you know, where it looks like it's balming, like it's hot. Nope, jacket. It's like teens wearing hoodies in the summer. <laughs> yes, this one. Oh, speaking of which, <clears throat> I pick up my preteen. Uh, this morning, he comes out of his mom's house wearing shorts and a hoodie. Mind you, I had to I had to wait five minutes for my car to defrost because there was so much well frost on it. Yeah, and it still didn't wasn't completely defrosted. <laughs> I'm like, and this fool's running out in shorts, and I'm like, good god, <laughs> he'll be wearing sweats when it's 95 degrees outside, but. Shorts. I'm being paid back for my own childhood. It's what it is. Yeah. Because I would try. I would try and do that going to school as well, though. So he always changed when we when he got when he got here and put sweats on. <laughs> like he realized his mistake. Yeah. And I think he finally realized it was also December. <laughs> it's only the end of December, but uh, bless his heart. Better late than never. Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Um. Let's get into our feature presentation movie we have all been waiting for. Yes. So, so much so, so much so we needed a second viewing already. Yeah. And it's only I mean, Monday. It's worth it. <laughs> Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, we get our, our feature presentation: Spider-Man Way Home. This is the third. Spider-Man movie of the MCU uh, with Tom Holland. It takes place after uh, the second one, Far From Home. Like, um, it's supposed to be pretty much after the mid-credit scenes end and Far From Home. This movie will begin. No Way Home will begin. We are going to do our best to be spoiler-free, even because we don't want to ruin it for people that haven't seen it. 
um, we will do our best. We've done really good in the past with movies that have had kind of big spoilers. We've done pretty good not being able to drop any. Um, but our kind of our rule is, I think, has always been if you've seen it in the trailer, then we'll it's talk. Free game. <laughs> yeah, it's not our fault that they can't cut better trailers. Right. To make. But, you know, that that kind of gives us a little bit of leeway to talk about it. Or if it's in a movie poster, like the one right in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> True. You know. Um, but key plot, you know, key plot points and uh, and things that. Things that would ruin it for a lot of people. Um, right. We'll we'll try and stay away from um, but of course, as always, your best bet if you have not seen it and do not want to know anything about it, the best thing to do is wait to listen to this episode till after you've watched it. Just to be sure. But with that being said, we are still going to do our best to be spoiler free. Because yep. that's our gift to you this Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> no spoils. Yep. All right. So, with uh, Spider-Man's identity now revealed, Peter asks uh, Doctor Strange for help. When the spell goes wrong, dangerous foes from other worlds start to appear, forcing Peter to discover what is what it truly means to be Spider-Man. According to IMDb's as best as possible synopsis. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean, between... Peter finding out what his identity is. The fact that um, Peter, Ned, and MJ are all trying to go to the same college together because this is their senior year. Yeah. And so they're trying to all get into the same place so they can all go to college together and, and, you know, three musketeers and all that. Their goal is to all three get into MIT. Yeah. And... When uh, when the results come back and it's not to their liking, they uh, because due to you know due to the fact that you know Peter Parker has been revealed as Spider Man, obviously and MIT doesn't want that kind of image because again, even though we believe we know that Spider Man's a hero in this world, you know. Crafty uh, edits and everything made it made it out to that to look like Spider-Man was the villain of the right. whole Mysterio thing. So they think Spider-Man killed Mysterio, and so therefore Spider-Man now has a negative image he needs to repair as well, amongst everything else. True. So in order to try and fix things. Peter does enlist the help of Doctor Strange because he figures, you know, he could use his timey-wimey jewel thing and turn it back. You know, if he could turn back time. <laughs> if he could find turn a way. Yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. If you find a way. All right. The fact yeah. that that song was never in there. Another, another at least, lost. At least in the credits. <laughs> another lost <laughs> moment. Right. Well, obviously, uh, Doctor Strange has to remind Peter that he no longer has the Time Stone, because, you know, 
Yeah. 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 You know, reverse net, bring people back, all that silliness. Already done a lot of tampering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, so he is, oddly enough, remembered <laughs> of a forget for, you know, basically a, a spell for people to forget that Spider Man ever exists, you know, basically that anybody knew that Peter Parker was Spider Man. But that includes MJ, Ned, Aunt May, Happy. I mean, even Doctor Strange himself and any other Avenger that's. Yeah. And so. And again, this is all that I mean, that was the crux of the trailer. (laughs) So that's nothing. uh, So Peter keeps bringing up names of people that he wants to still, you know, basically exceptions. (laughs) Right. He's got he's got a list. He's checked it. Well, he hadn't checked it twice. Um, no, it's like things you should have talked about before. Before like, you started, yeah. Before we start this, got any exceptions to this rule? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of on Doctor Strange to uh, not go, not be like, all right, before I do this, make a list, check it twice. Yes. Find out who sh- should know and who shouldn't. But you know, as Doctor Strange, you know, is older and doesn't really handle forgets that Peter's a teenager. So, so he's not mature enough to think of all these things ahead of time. Um, and so, you know, Dr. Strange casts a spell and then, uh, almost opens, puts a crack in the multiverse. Kind of like if you've watched, what if, Mm-hmm. You can, if you've watched What If, you kind of have an idea of what's starting to happen because this occurred in the What If series as well. Yep. So it does provide yep. a lot of background without actually, like you can watch him like already know what's going on, and uh, which, I mean, true to Marvel, man, they know how to plan things out. <laughs> true. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, everything is connected in some way to something. And it's just background, you know, for future something or other. So, yeah, Peter. Uh, but he's able to, uh, Dr. Strange is able to contain it and put it in a mother box of sorts. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of what it looks like. It looks like a damn mother box. Yeah. But he contains the spell, puts it in the contraption. Uh, so that all those because of how explosive this spell is uh, and contaminated more or less. Uh, be sure it never gets out and sees the light of day. Right. So Peter goes off to try and find the college admissions lady just to try and talk to her. And in doing so, then comes across the various villains from past, from from Pat, uh, from Spider-Man movies past. There we go. That's how to yeah. work that. We're still trying to keep it Christmas or related. <laughs> the the go. I mean, it's really just a. It's really just an Ebenezer Scrooge story, really, just without the Scrooge ness. There's a Scrooge there. Oh, there's yeah, or two, <laughs> or two, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah. that's kind of what it is. I mean, just he's having to make amends and. That's really kind of what 
in the end, I think that's kind of the more not the moral, but the theme, I guess, of this movie is making amends from the past. So, I mean, I, to me, that's what I got from my two viewings. Yeah. And trying to fix, you know, all his, you know, that's kind of like one of the things Spider-Man tries to do, I think, in every film is try and fix whatever mistake he's already made or whatever thing, you know, trouble he initiated. He's trying to, I mean, I guess that's true for any superhero movie, but like he, his is coming from like a place of heart. Like he's trying to do this because he feels bad and he wants everything to be just to go smoothly and tends to make things worse before he makes them better. But that's also how conflict works. (laughs) True. But it's like a line that, yeah. in it that where someone says, you know, you try to fix everything, there's consequences. Yeah. Consequences. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but um I'll say one thing. After watching this, I realize that these last three movies has basically just been his long origin story. <laughs> in a way. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, yeah. Because you know, High school teenager wanting to be yep. an Avenger, and then you know, just progresses. Now you yep. get to see him kind of become the actual man in Spider Man, right? So, yeah, it's because he's having to make all those tough choices that the you know that the Avengers have to do. Yeah, you can't just sit on the sidelines or just play in the back and then kind of help out, but he's, I mean. If you, let's think about everything he's been through, and he's been through. He's been in six movies. I count. I mentally counted because mm-hmm. Spider-Man was in Civil War was his first appearance of this yep. Spider well, of this Spider-Man <laughs> of the Holland verse, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, so he's there thinking he's helping the good guys, or at least the people that are supposed to be right. You know, with Iron Man, somebody he looks up to because they both share a lot of the same characteristics as far as science and you know trying to build things and you know make things to help people and stuff like that yeah uh so you know he's but he's like still just such a i mean he's like a freshman i think in that one freshman in high school in that one Mm -hmm. so he's so young and just still pretty impressionable and thinks he's like with the cool kids essentially and then the next one (laughs) the next thing you know he's in homecoming so it's like, all right, you know, I've got this. Now I've got to prove myself. True. You know, essentially I got to prove myself to my mentor and go on that, you know, journey of discovery. But yet he's still a kid, you know, <laughs> still trying to learn. Yeah, he's doing all the things he thinks nobody's paying attention to. But then he finds out it's been that there's an attempt to take care of it. But yeah. because of his involvement, again, it makes it worse. Right. <laughs> Because for some reason, Tony Stark doesn't know how to talk to people and say, hey, exactly. <laughs> chill. Yeah, it's both both guys with goatees yeah. that he has to do. That Spider-Man deals with. Yeah. Don't know how to talk to people. Like, <laughs> Doctor Strange, Iron Man. <laughs> like This is a kid. He's, he's yeah. just too wild. I need to yeah. sit him down and tell him what I'm doing. Right. It'll be all right. In credits. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, and then you get the Infinity Saga. So he goes to space, deals with the aliens, like it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, then he disappears for a hot minute, and then 
comes Pops back, back. that same yeah. young kid. Yeah, and then has to see, and just to watch his mentor die. Yeah. And then have to deal with that kind of grief. Yeah. And then have to try and go through that grief, but yet still continue as Spider-Man. And then try and find a new mentor in Mysterio mm-hmm. just to have it backfire. And then have to deal with trust issues. Yep. And then come back, you know, then think he's doing what is right there, then having to correct that just to have his identity revealed. Everybody think he's a murderer. Like, yep. Oh, I did everything right. Like, yeah. Not how the world sees it. <laughs> and then the social media age. <laughs> exactly. And then not only that, to then later find out that Nick Fury is off planet. And he's like, wait, or Nick Fury has been off planet for a year. Yeah. He's like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> like, then who the hell is I talking? Yeah, who the hell is I talking to now? For the Still, past. he doesn't know. <laughs> yes. And yep. God bless him. You know, Rose been through a lot. <laughs> it's like, for him to still remain as mentally stable as he is, I mean, at seventeen, almost eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's something. He's he's had an arc, that's for sure. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> yeah, it wore him out. <laughs> and then you know, there's kind of get back you know a little bit more on track on this on this movie. There are a lot of not surprises, I guess, just because we live in an internet age. Sadly, even when you try not to know anything, I didn't yeah. watch that last trailer, not once. Yeah, I did. Well, that's on you. Mistake. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's I wouldn't a- have been able to avoid it anyway because some of the movies I watched showed it. So I was like, I didn't. I couldn't avoid it if I wanted to. I, mean, I could have walked out of the theater, but I'm like, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Just start yelling to the screen. I'll be back in five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep going. I'll be back in five. Lame-o. It's like la 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 la. <laughs> You're right. Exactly. So I ended up. But yeah, so that helped me as far as like I knew a couple. I mean, some things you just can't avoid just because people feel like they have to leak everything instead of just yeah. letting things be. Um, I the old days when the internet wasn't as what it is now. Oh my god, the there, old days. Yep, when it took five minutes to load up a picture. Yeah, yep, flash and dial up. Yep, um, and then realized it wasn't really worth it at the end. You're like, oh. Eh. <laughs> That's five minutes of my life. I won't get back. Yeah. Um, but even still, they were like, there was, I, you know, cause I'm sure you knows too, that Marvel still, you know, Marvel, the trailer, you know, it's, there's still True. a couple of scenes where, and there a couple were even not even that important. True. But like, you know, they did their different takes or whatever. And then like the whole long leaving thing at the beginning, yeah, was different. Mm-hmm. Like that entire interaction was like completely different. I'm like context completely different. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, uh, I was just like, oh, okay. Well, it didn't really mean that. Not that big a deal, but yeah. I mean, it's no, you know, Hulk versus Hulk in versus Bruce Banner in the Hulkbuster suit from Infinity War Part One. So true. 
but still, it's you know, it's still something though. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, the acting. I mean, we need to talk about the acting. And this in this movie was top notch. Like, if when I look at these Spider-Man movies, I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was fine as Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, he was fine. I I, I don't have anything against. I, I actually like him as an actor. I thought he was fine as Quentin Beck. Um, but yeah, I wasn't like. But yeah, Michael Keaton as a vulture. I mean, Michael Keaton's. I always said he plays an amazing. Like, I couldn't wait in the early 90s for him to play a villain. Yeah. Because I knew he had. Because I saw Pacific Heights with Matthew Modine and uh, Melanie Griffith. And he plays such a creepy dude. Such a creepy guy in that movie. I go, I want to see more of this, Michael Keaton. I want to see more of this creepy. I just there's obviously something underlying going that's not right with this dude. I want to see more of that. And I think I had to wait like five or six years when he was in, a, I think it's Desperate Measures with uh, Andy Garcia. He was, oh my God, he was, he was creeping that. That's Desperate Measures. That sounds from, I think that's what it is. Uh, but he played an amazing bad guy in that. I like, I like to see Michael Keaton play bad guys because i think he's a because we've all seen him play the comedies and in that and then you know of course batman and stuff like that but i I, want, I like it when he's the bad guy because he just it just seems like he has i don't want to say he has more fun but he's just so good at it yeah. and so when he's in there playing the vulture and not even when he is the vulture i don't really care about that actually i don't even like that villain i think it's kind of a it's throwaway scene I mean the cat the yeah. scene where he was yeah. chauffeuring him to the, to the yeah. uh, dance. Yes, it's him and Peter. That, like just as well, even between that or even when they were inside in the house when he first oh, meets yeah. him, and like you could feel the intensity there. Yeah, and especially Peter's reaction when he sees him is like, ah, crap! I know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Like I, to me, that was a better just him as that character was far better than you know, the vulture or even, you know, him in the suit or, yeah. or, uh, Quentin Beck as or John Hall is Quentin Beck, but then bring him back. Uh, villains from Spider-Man movies past was great. I thought it was, I thought every, whatever you want to call it, supporting role or cameo mm-hmm. that was not originally in this franchise. You know these two previous movies. I think it was their some of their best. Like it was, I think their acting in this was better than what the movie they were originally in. Yeah, that a lot of it has to do with the script, but I think a lot of that has to do with. <laughs> I you know I, I keep wanting to say redemption, you know, as a theme for this movie. Yeah, but I think it's also for those actors. As well, the film just felt like they just never stopped playing the role. Like they literally just, you know, like they picked up right where they left off. You know, I, that character didn't feel different. It felt exactly as it did when they first portrayed it. But that, well, it's agree-ish on that. Okay, I feel like they picked up where they left off, but they did 
they performed better as yeah. those characters. Like they really brought it in this one. They really added something to those characters that they had not originally either was afforded the opportunity, depending on either, you know, the direction Sony was wanting to go. So they had to play it a different, a certain way or yeah. the direction that was given to them so that they weren't given as much freedom. They were more contained. This one, I feel like they were allowed to really bring something to those characters, to their characters. Yeah. A couple of them were added, you know, were allowed to kind of have a little more humor. Um, you know, there's always a couple that were able to add some humanity. So you actually cared about them more and all of the, you know, the new Marvel kind of trend of wanting, wanting you to feel sympathetic to villains. Yeah. To at least have an idea where they're coming from. And yeah, I just, to me, that was more important than I felt that that was a more interesting storyline than what was actually going on in the movie. Like, yeah. I'm like, I want to see more of this. I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing here. And I'm kind of, it kind of sucks that we're done with these. Cause now I kind of want to see where they go yeah. or this, or where this goes afterwards now. True. Cause, cause multiverse. It's just going to be my, yeah. you can do it I, now. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I'm not, I, I could not find one thing that really disappointed me. What I've been able to tell people without being like, don't want to hear anything about it. Is this three things that I will say. One, there's a mid credit scene. Two, there's an end credit scene. Three, everything you're wanting to have happen in this, you'll be happy with. Very satisfying. Yes. Very satisfying. And it's very rewatchable. Yes. The effects, of course, are amazing because, you know, they know how to do it. The effects are amazing. The costumes are great. Mm-hmm. Even when <laughs> even when they get damaged in some way or another. <laughs> True. <laughs> Which I like. I like that because it. That's one thing I think it is. I mean, because it's not giving anything away as far as plot or key element, but. Peter Parker has a problem with his keeping his uh, Spidey suit clean. And so there's kind of a runner throughout you know, parts of the movie of that, which I, which to me just make, just shows how just the, you know, the down to earth superhero, like it, 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 it uh, grounds him. No pun intended mm-hmm. on that one, um, <laughs> but it grounds him in a way that, you know, what happens if a superhero gets, stains or you know gets something on their suit or uniform however you want to call it costume i don't care what whatever name you want to call use it for what happened yeah what did they you know how did they get that out like what works (laughs) i'm like i'm seeing them scrub with stuff i'm like bro you better be using murphy's oil if you're gonna get that out (laughs) like she gets out everything right (laughs) or barkeeper soap i don't know something depending on the material i guess yeah it yeah there's big payoffs left and right it's it's a fun ride we for the first time actually we kind of buried this way didn't we patrick for the first time in our two and a half year now i guess 126 episode run Mm -hmm. 
finally saw a movie together. <laughs> we have not actually physically seen a movie together until last till last night, where we went with a couple of people. Ruth and Grayson both went with us, and we went and saw this movie. Now, for Patrick and I, it was our second time. For everybody else that uh, was along, it was their first. Yeah. Grayson had never seen a Spider-Man movie, I don't think. But she, she saw the commercial and really wanted to go. I'm like, all right, cool, we'll go. So, <laughs> you know, the, while we're waiting for the mid-credits scene to pop up, she goes, I said, did you like it? Yeah. I said, she's like, I got two questions. One, one how do they make their... How do they shoot the web out, the spider web out? I'm like, oh, we really need to go back to basics then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, one of them it just comes out. I was like, well, you know, I said, well, it depends on which Spider-Man you're talking about, because you know, there's, a, and I tried to explain the 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 movie chronology chronology. There we go. That's a word. Yeah. Um, thank you for. Uh, this is a movie chronology of Spider-Man movies. And different actors different, play different Spider-Man. Their origin stories are slightly altered. And, you know, the how they shoot the web out is done differently. She's just like, so how do they do it? <laughs> like, so, so answer I seen, my question. I said, you know what? <laughs> I, said, I said, there's, I tell you what, there's a total of, before these movies, I said there was a total of five other movies. What? I go, yeah. <laughs> I said, one of them's like 20 years old now. Crazy. 21 years old, I think. 21, 22. Um, Yeah. Dated me, too. I was like, shit. Um, (laughs) I said, so... I said, can we watch them? I'm like, yeah, sure, definitely. We've got them all at the house. So... So, I guess I'm going to probably go on a movie uh, watching experience like I did with York in the Fast and Furious franchise. There you go. So, and get her caught up that way. But here's the thing even though she had no idea who these characters were, she said, she said she still really liked it, even though she was really squirmy for the first yeah. 30, 45 minutes. I'm like, girl, sit down, <laughs> get comfortable. Give you some melatonin next time we go to the movies. Please, <laughs> Louise. I, I even asked her, I go, what is wrong? You're normally not this squirming going in the movie. Like, towards the end of a movie, she will, or maybe the first five or ten minutes until she gets comfortable. But Yeah. yeah I mean, granted, on in her defense, it's probably the most crowded theater she'd been in in a very, very long time. A lot of people. Yeah. Disappointed in the crowd. They didn't really react. It was like, what's wrong with y'all? Yeah. <laughs> I think they were probably just, I think, well, so here's my thing. When I first saw it, I went to a late show, and there were only like a dozen people in the theater. So I wasn't expecting much. But at the same time, I wasn't really focusing on other people reacting because I was so drawn into it. Yeah. (laughs) So I think that's probably what was going on, too, was that most people were just reacting. Like they were too invested into what was going on. Then maybe they just want to be respectful to everybody else. It could be. I, I mean, mean there's a couple, times couple of over. gasps. There were a couple of gasps. Yeah. Because um, then I started thinking maybe this is other people's second time or third time also. It's like all the people that left afterwards. I was like, maybe they've already seen this. That's what I, That's the only thing I could think of. I'm like, oh, you already seen this? Or they're no, just Spider-Man fans and don't care about nothing else. <laughs> right. You're like, 
But um, like I don't see that. So. Yeah, but I mean, both times that I watched this, I rarely took my eyes off screen. <laughs> I just, I was, I mean, I still was listening, you know, so yeah. I knew what was going on. But it's, it just kept my attention. You know, I was able to multitask when I was like, okay, here's a moment. I want to see if they react and nothing. Like, all right, maybe I've seen it. <laughs> but um, but um, but yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure if Kyla wants to see this, I'll go see it a third time. And if she doesn't, I might see it again before this week's out. <laughs> there you go. I'm taking York later. So, yeah. So, that'll be my third time. And if you're, <laughs> I'm not getting any money for this, but if you're a Regal Crown Club member, if you watched Venom, this one, and then Morbius when it comes out, you get all three digitally once they get oh, close okay. to their release. So, I'm like, yes, I like these promotions. Exactly. Crap, and yeah. I've seen two. Other, that means I have to go watch more views. <laughs> Shit. I still have a Far From Home digital code somewhere. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I got it on DVD, or I got it on video as well. And so I, I redeemed one of them, but I got a code somewhere for somewhere. I don't know where it's at. Okay. So maybe That's I'll funny. give that to somebody just to, before it expires. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. <sighs> So basically what we're trying to say is go see this movie. Oh, by the way, rated PG-13, two hours, 28 minutes long. Uh, it does not feel it, though. No. It's a two-and-a-half-hour movie that feels like an hour-and-a-half movie. Yeah. It's paced very there, well. Yeah. There are very, very few slow parts in this movie. Everything, yeah, moves at a, I don't want to say frantic speed, but, I mean, there's... There's a lot going on to keep you from being bored. Yeah. <laughs> Even when nothing's going on, something's going on. <laughs> True. So, that's a, uh, and honestly, that's a testament to the acting. Yeah. So, all right. All right, cool. Um, so, after the Golden Globe nominations came out last week, I went ahead and barreled down and watched The Power of the Dog, also starring Benedict Cumberbatch, um, as Phil Burbank, Kirsten Dunst as Rose Gordon. So at least two people from Doctor Strange and, <laughs> and former Mary Jane Watson. Uh, Jesse Plemons, who seems to be in a lot of things, which who I really like, as George Burbank and... Uh, Cody Smith McPhee as Peter Gordon. Uh, so basically, the movie's about a charismatic rancher, Phil Burbank, that inspires fear and awe in those around him. When his brother brings home a new wife and her son, Phil torments them until he finds himself exposed to the possibility of love. Dun, dun, dun. It is written and directed by Jane Campion, so same person that did the piano with Anna Paquin. I'm surprised she didn't try and get Anna Paquin to be in this, but here we are. Um, yeah, so this movie is beautifully shot. It's a western of sorts, you know. Uh, Cody Smith McPhee, you know, having to 
learn how to work on a ranch, but not is not used to that kind of life. So he also dresses differently because, you know, it's believed that he is gay, but it's not like, I don't, they don't seem to really outwardly come out about it. Mm-hmm. Um, till later where you see that he comes across some, some, um, I guess it'd be the 1800 version of Playgirl. <laughs> um, but it was like hidden in a, shit or something like that um you can see him getting interested but you're not but he also is not sure about what's going on and benedict cumberbatch just kind of plays an a-hole throughout this movie (laughs) but he's brilliant in it i mean he is i mean in this movie he didn't like kids either (laughs) no not at all (laughs) (laughs) to think of it uh, it seems to be a trend, I guess. <clears throat> um, <laughs> but he, uh, his performance is just crazy. I mean, it's good. Like, I'm not a fan. If I hadn't heard about this getting, you know, nominations and the buzz that I had heard before him, I probably wouldn't watch it, to be honest. It's not really my kind of movie. Yeah. Um. But it is interesting because the performances are good. I really don't think Kirsten Dunst is in it enough to really. Plus, I don't think it's really that. I think it's an okay performance, but I don't think it's like Golden Globe nominated performance. But maybe that's just me. Um, I thought Jesse Plemons was actually better acted in it than than Kirsten Dunst. But I think he's kind of an underrated actor anyways. Yeah. Is he could play comedy. Uh, if you've ever seen Game Night, that's one of my favorite performances of his because he plays such a weird neighbor that just lacks people skills. Um, that is a police officer. It's just it's really funny. The movie's funny, but his he it's one of my favorite performances of his because it's so hard to do that kind of comedy. That's one uh, that was just suggested to me to watch, so I haven't watched it yet. So I. Which one? This is like the um, game night. So this oh. is the second time I've heard about this movie, right. so I'm going to probably check it out. <laughs> but let's For put it sure. this way. Ruth and I actually had a date night to go see this movie. That's how much she wanted to go see it. All right. So, okay. And we both really liked it. So, yeah. And I think it's it's in the 80s or 90s on Rotten Tomato. Somewhere in there. At least it was when it came out, but it's yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, watch that and tell me that that's, like, not – an amazing performance. I mean, really the entire cast is funny in this. Billy Magnuson plays kind of a plays very much what Billy Magnuson usually plays, but, uh, but no, uh, Jesse Plymouth is awesome. And he was good in this very reserved, but yet he reminds me like he would, he reminds me of like another Philip Seymour Hoffman where mm-hmm. he could play, he could just kind of sink into a character and lose himself but also be like, have like a quiet rage that's just inside of him. Yeah. And you never really see, you never really see it, but you definitely like, it's never outwardly expressed, but you can see it like in his eyes. That is just pent up in there. Yeah. So anyways, he has that kind of chops, so to speak. So I really like. I, so I, I really appreciate his performances and really like 
liked him. He was good in this. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a fine movie. Um, again, it's beautifully shot. Uh, it's very, you know, oh, it's an award. I think I I told you it's an awards movie for. It's an awards movie for awards movie people to watch. I think it's how I kind of worded it. Um, so if you're looking for something that's awards movie-ish, then this will be it. I mean, it's otherwise, I think it's okay. I don't, not for me, but um, but the performances are outstanding for sure. And again, cinematography was great. Most beautiful to watch. Just you know. Maybe not for me. I liked how it ended. I didn't see it coming. <laughs> the way it ended. Yeah, that's like so random. I yeah, was like, so I was like, oh, all right. I mean, we're not going to even talk about how? Okay, cool. We're just going to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did some reading afterwards, so I know I know the how. But um, I was like, all right. But I, I, I kind of want to watch so I can just kind of. Like it's like a mystery to put together. Like, oh, okay, because I knew I knew what happened, but I didn't like it. wasn't a movie where I just directly paid attention to everything. But I was kind of, you know, I noticed the performances and everything. But then when it got to the end, I was like, huh. So I started kind of going backwards a little bit. That makes sense. <laughs> the reason it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, man. It's all you. Alrighty, so uh, Saturday, uh, me and my friend Rhonda went to see House of Gucci. And, the Gooch. Um, the Gooch, which you know, I always thought it was just a brand name. Mm-hmm. I never, I never thought of it being an actual family name, and people actually had that last name. Right. I just thought it was just a name for the brand. Like, ah, oh, let's call it yeah. Gucci. Da, 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 da. Yeah. So, uh, okay. this, this. <laughs> Because we're because we're guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not I'm not a fashion guy. I don't know. You mean there's not you mean there's not a guy named Nike somewhere? <laughs> it's pronounced Nikkei. Nikkei, man, come on. What's that? But, uh, what is that? Evo. <laughs> but uh, this came out November 24th. It's two hours and 38 minutes, which is 10 minutes longer than Spider-Man: No Way Home. Mm. This does kind of fill it. <laughs> um, it was directed by Ridley Scott. Which I didn't know that till after <laughs> when the credits rolled. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but um, stars Lady Gaga, Adam Driver, Jared Leto, Jeremy Irons, Selma Hayek, and Al Pacino. As you know, as far as the main main cast goes, uh, it's about uh, when Patricia Reggiani, an outsider from humble beginnings, marries into the Gucci family. Her unbridled ambition begins to unravel their legacy and triggers a reckless spiral of betrayal, decadence, revenge, and ultimately murder. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so Lady Gaga plays Patricia Reggiani, and she works as a secretary at her father's trucking company. And then she just uh, happens to run into Adam Driver's Maurizio Gucci at a party, and she's just kind of enamored by him when she learns his last name she's like oh so um you know she puts i'm lady gaga look good in this movie like i've never mm-hmm. really paid attention to her outside yeah. i thought she was odd but just mm-hmm. 
just the way they did the, you know, the makeup style, the way it was shot. Yeah. The camera really loves her, and the, yeah. the director really loves her. <laughs> she, there's, there's a lot of camera how, angles and how many shots of her feet? <laughs> yeah, <it's> just, <laughs> oh wait, shots of Rid- <laughs> Ridley Scott, not Tarantino. Never mind. Yeah, yeah there, there's there's shots of body parts, but yeah, yeah not feet. <laughs> gotcha. But um, basically, she meets him and she literally stalks him. To go to this library and um you know she sees he's reading books like yeah i like reading too but i'm not that good at it because i fall asleep she finds it boring and whatnot she's she's really not with you know she's yeah like she's not definitely not on his level because she doesn't read yeah. right but um she just kind of uses her appeal to appeal to him <laughs> and um and of course, cool. he's he's not you know he's not really a social person, so he kind of just falls for her like instantly because of the attention, and he introduces her to her dad to his dad, and um, you know he basically warns her like do what you want, have fun with her and everything, but don't marry her, <laughs> you know, warning, and uh, but you know he says look I love her, uh, and you know basically he gets disowned, he you know leaves. The house does want, wants nothing to do with the Gucci Empire. It's like I just want to do my thing with my woman. He even goes so far as to ask to be hired at her dad's trucking company, and then ask for his permission to marry her, which happens. But then, of course, she has these. She's so ambitious. She wants part of the Gucci Empire, so she's able to kind of mend that that relationship between him and his father. He gets rolled back in. Um, his uncle, played by Al Pacino, Aldo Gucci, really takes a shine into, uh, really takes a, um, really admired by her, of course, because of her looks. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, her whole thing is about the business. And a lot of the ideas that, that Maurizio has comes from her. And she basically, per this story, she's the reason why Gucci became what it was. Okay. But, of course, you know, he kind of gets to go to his head and they kind of have their issues and you know it's it's not this 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 isn't like a movie i would normally watch <laughs> but you. the performances the performances are good lady gaga's performances performance is great um jared leto i feel like it's a little over the top but you pay attention to his character uh he plays um paulo gucci who's um Maurizio's cousin who had who's very he feels like he's very talented, but nobody pays attention to him. But everybody that looks at his drawings of his fashion, they basically make fun of him, ridicule him, and everything. And he he just he doesn't he doesn't like that <laughs> at all. Gotcha. But um, but yeah, it just basically going through the rise of Gucci, the issues of that, and just once she's on the outside, and how you know. How serious she is about this business, mm-hmm. how far she she's willing to go to make sure she maintains her position. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, those are the two outstanding performances for me: Lady Gaga, Jared Leto. Not saying Adam Driver's not great because he's real. He's really into his character. I mm-hmm. just couldn't get into it because his the accent that he's trying. I'm just mm-hmm. not. I'm just not with it. It's just not not happening. <laughs> huh? Um, Jeremy Irons plays his role well. He annoys he annoys you. Frustrates you with him, just what she's there for, what she's there to do. 
yeah. does that well, then Al Pacino gives you Al Pacino. Yeah. So, but <laughs> if you're interested in fashion, I want to know a little more about the Gucci, a little bit of about, you'll probably get something out of this. Or if you're just a fan of everybody that's involved, you'll like their performances. It does run a little long. I feel like they could have took like 30 minutes out, mm-hmm. maybe a little more, just to get us through it. Tighten it up. Yeah. yeah. But um, for what it was, it's cool. And I can see why Lady Gaga got um, a nomination, which is the only nomination that this movie receives for her acting, which is strange because they thought it was going to be one of those big, you know, get numbers as far as nominations. Yeah. She's the only one that got nominated for this movie. That's the only time <laughs> this movie. <laughs> That's so weird. We'll see what happens with the Oscars, but yep. Golden Globe is. It's weird. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm wrapping up our. At least my movie watching for Christmas season. Uh, I've gone all out. Because um, every year I go and try to find Christmas movies I have never seen. Instead of rewatching the same ones over and over. I mean, other than Die Hard. Duh. But I purposely try and seek out movies that I have not seen that are either Christmas movies or take place during Christmas, I guess is a good way to put it. So doing my little mini Christmas movie Palooza. Uh, I've got four to quickly talk about. I'm not going to go real in depth. Just kind of give a couple of snippets here and there. The four that I've watched this week alone. Okay. So first one, the one I'm probably most impressed with, to be honest, that I actually kind of would probably rewatch next year. Uh, if it's on, I'm not a lifetime or Hallmark movie person. That is Ruth. That is her wheelhouse. I let her live in it because she likes movies that make her happy, that her feel good. That's why she likes Spider-Man. However, there's a lot of emotional things to get tied, you know, where you can get uh, roped into feeling emotions and stuff and different things. She's not about that. She just wants fun, happy, whatever. Sorry, fun, happy, merry, whatever. I almost screwed that one up. <laughs> um, which, that's cool. I mean, my thing was, listen, we, I feel like we just got done watching awards movies. Like, I feel like we just finished that and just now gotten to where we are getting into the swing of, no pun intended, on Spider-Man, but I guess that's technically, that works, um, into watching the fun movies again and yeah. entertaining movies. And here we are back into award season again and all the dramas, all the all the heartstring pulling and everything else that'll just make you feel all the things. Here we go. Yep. <laughs> um so yeah. Anyways, uh I watched Dear Christmas. This came out last year, I believe. It is from Lifetime, starring Melissa Joan Hart. Big shocker there. Um, she's in a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And my homeboy, Jason Priestley, um, who I've met once and had an amazing conversation because there's nobody else around. So we just more or less just shot the shit for like 15 minutes. Just about, I mean, about not even about his past work. I mean, a little bit about what he was working on, what he had coming up. Hell, it might have been this movie for all I know. <laughs> might have been a different one. Yeah. Um, but I do remember it was a Christmas movie. Um, but, you know, just uh, parenting. 
you know, because Grayson was there and she was, I think, two or three at that point, two, I think. And so, you know, just talking about that and and what it's like uh, trying to be on a set when you also have when you also would rather be with your family and things like that. It was a great conversation. He's very down to earth. Um, very cool dude. And he's also my height. So that's even better because I like seeing people <laughs> like it when that happens. Um, anyway, dear Christmas is about Melissa Joan Hart has a, apparently has a famous podcast, which really should kind of want to make me not want to watch it. Cause I know it's going to wind up sugarcoating and I'm going to be like, well, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh wow, that must be nice. I like to live in that dreamland too. Um, but no, she has a she has a popular podcast, but she's starting a new one for the holidays uh, about relationships and the holidays and stuff like that, trying to find Mr. Right and whatnot. But she goes back home to visit family for Christmas and is reunited with basically is reunited with her like eighth grade crush who is Jason Priestley. And uh, it's funny because she's launching a new, the Christmas podcast, but she's going to be live streaming it on Christmas Eve. So I'm like, how does that even work? And how are you going to move? So I'm thinking, you know, I get, I get caught up in the whole podcasting subplot. Yeah. And I need to, I, I think my favorite thing that I've said about this movie is I like this movie a lot when I'm not, when it doesn't talk about podcasting, because then I'm not f- talking about, well, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind everything else in this movie that's completely ridiculous, but I'm still on board with. Because <laughs> those things tend to not really be grounded in reality, whereas for some reason I seem to think this whole podcasting thing in this movie is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is it is fun to watch. There's extremely little conflict as there are in most of these Christmas movies. It's like the bare minimum. Like seriously, like it, it seems like if you get a leg cramp in the movie, that that qualifies as conflict. And then everything else just works out. And it just I mean, it's that kind of Yeah. You know. The plot armor is very thin for the holiday movies. <laughs> ah. So they uh but it's fun, and you just go through the motions. Apparently, Jason Priestley has, uh, has I think, a niece and a nephew that he's helping raise, but is living with their mom. It's something like that, but he's helping raise them, but they're not living with them. And that's all talked about after most of Joan Hart's character sees a picture. Kids are never in the movie. You never see or hear about these kids ever again. But Jason Priestley does a lot of volunteer work at different places in the town and also has other like side hustle jobs. Yeah. So my so I came up with a, a great sequel that's about that centered focuses on Jason Priestley's character. And it's called and it's called Dear Tax Season, where, where it's Jason Priestley trying to do his taxes for all of these jobs he has in this town <laughs> and then trying to get trying to get everything sorted out. So we do out in April. <laughs> New spring hit. <laughs> New spring hit. You tired of, you tired of award season movies? Don't worry. Lifetime's got you covered. There you go. Melissa and Joan Hart's actually doing a podcast about it. <laughs> 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 uh, 
But no, it's a fun movie. Ed Begley Jr. is in it. And um trying to think. I forgot who was playing the mom. Um, but it's a very fun movie. It's super cute. If you haven't watched it, you, you'll be able to find it. Promise. Um, next, I found on Paramount Plus, this hidden, I would like to say gem, but I would definitely be, you know, really exaggerating that one. Santa Claus or Santa Conquers the Martians from 1964. Apparently, uh, Mr. Science Theater 3000 has done a riff tracks on this one. Um, yeah, it's as bad as it sounds, but it's also like you kind of feel like you have to watch it. And all the questions that you're going to have watching this movie, you have to go, well, it's 1964. Because the Martians are speaking English. The Martian spaceship, all the all the caution signs mm-hmm. like do not open this door what is all in english <laughs> I, i'm like i'm like even if you went to a different country it wouldn't be in this language but you're going to be in a different planet and have it in english it's it was yeah it's yeah. hilarious oh it's it's hilarious it's 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 a fun watch to watch one time, just so you can say you watched it and see how. But basically, the Martians kidnap Santa to bring holiday cheer to their Martian kids. Because apparently Martians can watch TV, like Earth TV mm-hmm. and see all these things about Santa. So, yeah. But then, basically, two stowaway kids that are trying to help Santa. So, it's a very interesting film. Uh then a much more entertaining watch on the Peacock uh, is Better Watch Out that came out in 2016. It's about uh, this kid whose parents go out for essentially a Christmas date. Um, so he has a babysitter. Now, mind you, this kid's probably in his teen. This I mean, it's a teenager. This The kid should be babysitting other kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, instead, parents get him a babysitter. Who is a girl that he has a crush on? His his best friend is played by uh, Ed Oxenbold. I think it's his name. He was in uh, Alexander and the No Good, Very Bad Day. No Good, Horrible, Very Bad Day. There we go. Uh, as Alexander. Anyways, he's... I actually like him. I, I think he's my favorite character in this movie. This movie goes off the rails fairly quickly. It starts off as one thing where they believe that... Uh, there is someone trying to break into the house and the internet's not working. The phones aren't working. And it turns out, um, that your main character and, um, at Oxen Boulder essentially just trying to scare the babysitter until, until that turn goes badly. And yeah, it gets very violent very quickly. So, um, yeah, don't have a crush on your babysitter or vice versa. Don't be the babysitter has uh, someone that has a, a bad crush on you because things go uh, south very quickly. And it's a very dark movie, hmm. but I actually, but I actually enjoyed it because I, it was something different and it was something I could say I hadn't seen before. I was like, I was like, wow, this is dark. Wow. I was entertained. So, uh, yeah, I'd actually recommend that one. 
you know, it's something a little scary for the holiday season. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, as I was wrapping presents yesterday, um, we Ruth and I watched a single all the way available on Netflix. Uh, basically, it's as we try and become more diverse in our movies as far as not only um, not not only diverse ethnically, but also um, also um, as far as I guess sexuality wise. Um, this one is about um, <clears throat> excuse me. It's about a son returning back home. Is this only for Christmas? He was supposed to bring his boyfriend home and basically boyfriend breaks up with him. And uh, Peter, sorry, Michael Yuri plays Peter, who's supposed to bring boyfriend home, boyfriend ditches him. And so he ends up bringing his best friend, Nick, best friend slash roommate, Nick, home to meet his parents. Um, he, because, uh, you know, his family keeps waiting for him to find the perfect person to settle down with. And once again, you know, so he brings his best friend home to basically avoid that type of ridicule. So also stars uh, Barry Bostwick as his dad, Kathy and Jimmy as his mom and Jennifer Coolidge as his aunt who was putting on a play about the birth of Jesus. And the play is called Jesus H Christ. Nice. <laughs> I, I was rolling on that. It is again, his mom ends up setting him up with a dude that owns a a uh, owns a uh, gym. So you know they go on a couple of dates and all that. But then mom gets mad because he's not spending more time with the family. Like, and everybody in the family's like, "Well, dude, you set him up with this guy. Like, what yeah. were you expecting to happen?" So true. But it's very funny. I was like, "Oh, I really like this one too because it's very, it's very you know, very cute." It's got it's actually pretty funny. I mean, it won me over because it had a clue reference. Like he was quoting them. He was quoting the movie Clue. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. And Ruth didn't catch it. So I rewound it so she could hear, you know, so she could watch it. I'm like, this is amazing. All right. This movie's already won me over. So if you haven't seen it, it's, it's very cute. Single all the way on Netflix. And I am done. Christmas movie pool is a complete. <laughs> all right. So my final movie recently came out on Apple TV Plus, uh, Swan Song, uh, released uh, December 17th. It's an hour and 52 minutes, directed by Benjamin Cleary, and it stars Mahershala Ali, Naomi Harris, Aquafina, and Glenn Close. So in the near future... A terminally ill man explores a heart-wrenching, emotionally complex solution to save his wife and son from grief by duplicating himself without them knowing. So, he has this illness that gives him seizures. And they're getting so bad that pretty much any seizure could potentially kill him. Oh, wow. So, he's having himself duplicated or cloned. And what this doctor does, played by Glenn Close, Dr. Scott, and basically it's kind of like the move that the, the show Upload, 
but you're uploading your consciousness, all your experiences, all your feelings, and everything into this clone. So basically, it's you from. Okay. So basically, everything from birth that you've experienced all the way up to this current point, the clone will know. And then once you complete the process, the clone will go back home and just continue living your life while you stay at this, I guess, facility to live the rest of your life until you pass. But to make it seamless, they they make sure that they wipe the experience of being in that facility from them. So it's like they never knew this happened. So nobody knows. Nobody's none's the wiser, the wiser to it. So. Like he, I mean, these seizures are bad, like to the point, he, like he had a, a visit with the doctor, comes home, everybody asleep. He goes to the bathroom, passes out and just happens to wake up. And before his wife wakes up, he he's in the bathroom. So he closes the door just so she doesn't see him because, you know, the, the rule is he can't tell his wife what he's doing because then it just negates everything because she can't know because the whole point is they don't know. Gotcha. So. He starts having second thoughts, but um, Dr. Scott suggests he meets uh, Kate, played by Aquafina, her clone, living her, you know, take, has, that has already taken over. She's a realtor. She has a daughter and mom. Like, she just basically just, like, they nobody knows, you know, but he meets actually, yeah. he meets the actual Kate and, um, you know, gets to see through her, like, what her experience was like. And, you know, like she's got a also a terminally ill situation where she's going to die at some point. But there's several times, like basically tell them, do your contract. If you don't want to do this, we're good. We'll just keep your clone here. Nobody will know. But he just keeps having seizures. And I'm like, look, at some point you're going to die and, you know, they're going to go through grief. So his wife has yeah. already lost his the, her brother, twin brother, who she's close to. And that basically shut her down to the point that she was. She she shut down to the you know mm. shut down yeah so the last thing he wants to do is have her go through that with him so he actually gets to meet his clone to see just how seamless it is right and um it, it's kind of you know, it's a great experience when you think about it like if you know you're gonna you know die and you don't want your family to grieve like would you actually do yeah. it like like could you do it and um I don't know it's just something that makes you think like. Because, like, in this, just a reference, like, an upload uh, before a person dies, they can choose to be um, uploaded into a server and live their life that way. And then here, once he goes, I mean, he's still there, but it's not him, but it is him. It's kind of a weird. Right. Yeah. But so that's basically what, what the movie is about, just him going through making this decision. Um. I kind of felt like they could have went through it like a little little horror twist. They could have done it where like, oh, the clone doesn't want to, you know, wants to make sure he takes over and whatnot. But they didn't do it. It's it's really kind of a heartfelt movie. Um, and yeah, I liked it. I I, okay. I did enjoy it. I just I, it just makes you think. Like if you had yeah. an opportunity to do that, like if you knew you were really sick and going to die and had this procedure available, would you do it? Just to make sure they don't grieve. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's technically you, but it's not you, but it's you. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, Mahershala, Mahershala Ali does a great job playing both roles. And 
how they're going back and forth with each other talking. And, um, yeah. It's interesting. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's on my, uh, on my list of movies to watch. So, we've got, um, portrayers real quick. We've got The Lost City, uh, a reclusive romance novelist on a book tour with her cover model, uh, guest or gets swept up in a kidnapping attempt that lands them both in a cutthroat jungle adventure. Starring Sandra Bullock, Brad Pitt, uh, Daniel Radcliffe, Channing Tatum, Oscar Nunez from The Office. And let's see here. Comes out March 25th. And yeah, so. Sure. <laughs> Um, next, just dropped uh, today, The Northmen. So before I get into it, Patrick, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, mm-hmm. it is not an A24 movie. However, when you watch the trailer, you're going to be like, this is definitely an A24 movie. It yeah. is not. It's focused features. Hmm. So The Northmen from acclaimed director Robert Eggers, from who did The Lighthouse and The Witch, both A24 movies. <laughs> Uh, it's an epic revenge thriller that explores how far a Viking prince will go to seek justice for his murdered father. Starring Ascars, uh, Alexander Skarsgård, Anya Taylor-Joy, Willem Dafoe, Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke. Uh, tr- yep, and... Uh, Bang, and that's probably oh Bjork, for whatever reason. Hmm. Yeah, Ooh, like Bjork. Yep. So that's coming out April twenty second. So oh, we got Willem Dafoe in there. So yeah, <laughs> not so to take anything away from anybody else. <laughs> yeah, but it looks uh, yeah, it looks pretty dark. <laughs> Um, next, every everything, everywhere, all at once. And I know you already shared this trailer on our page. An aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes, connecting with the lives she couldn't have led. She could have led. My bad. Um, starring Michelle Yeoh, K. Hugh Kwan. Does that name ring a bell? Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones. <laughs> yes, and also Data. Short Round, a.k.a. Data, will be in this movie. I'm like, I saw that. I about fell out of my chair. Yep, I, like, I, hadn't seen him in a th- I hadn't seen him in a minute, but awesome. Yay. Uh, Stephanie Sue and Jamie Lee Curtis, as well as James Hong. So, yeah, um, that'll come out March 11th. From the Daniels's. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're both kind of looking forward to that one. Yep. And let's see here. Is that it? Yep, that's it. That's all I got. Those three trailers. And yeah, man. I think that wraps up our uh, Happy Merry Whatever colon multiverse edition. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. So we have Matrix Resurrections and forgot what else comes out. 
Christmas Day. Oh, Sing 2 will come out Wednesday. Yeah. So, you know, we're arguing. So I'll have that to talk about for sure. And I know you and I will be going to see Matrix this weekend at some point. <laughs> or this week at some point, I guess I should say. Um, yeah. And most importantly, obviously, if you celebrate Christmas, we hope you have a uh, fun and safe Christmas. Yes. If you have to work, thank you. Uh, somebody got to do it. I'm one of those people that have to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's going to be awesome, though. It'll be fun. And I hope everybody has fun time with family, friends, all that. Be safe. And we will see you on the other side of Christmas. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.